Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. The AuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com inspect all services offers a wide variety of services to protect your home or business year-round covering all the atlanta metro area with their industry-leading products and services since 1984 inspect all services provides a wide range of home services from crawl space encapsulations to provide comfort and improve the quality of air in your home to attic crawl space insulation with an energy star rating to keep you cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter so if you're tired of that musty smell coming from under your home or just simply want to save some money on your bills then give inspect all a call today at 770-483-2420 again 770-483-2420 make sure you mention the bs why you're going to receive 10 percent off your home services needs inspect all pest services 770-483-2420 the bs presents two percent to take over this is going to be fun take over the break's over Hey, my name is Vanessa Prater. I am a proud two percenter and I've been a subscriber since the inception of the Bailey Show Network. So excited that I have an opportunity to share my favorite episode with you. And of course, trying to dial it in and figure out which episode really truly is your favorite. That is a huge fucking challenge because I love all the episodes. But the debut episode of the BS, episode one, has got to be hands down the best one you got brandon hackney from flying monkey firearms everybody loves to have a little beaver in their life unless of course that beaver bites your ass off i mean (laughs) this poor guy i could not stop laughing the entire time he was telling this story can you imagine how horrific and hilarious at the same time thank goodness he is able to live to tell this story but you know you think about it and it plays in your head like a fucking cartoon it's time ladies and gentlemen After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Dude. 
Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. And by God, this is the BS. That uh, should show you what kind of budget we have. I had to go next door to my 70-year-old neighbor, old man Kevin, and recruit him to do voice work for this new project for myself and Nate. So, Nate, from Mexico, in Mexico, that is our voice guy, old man Kevin. I believe you've gotten drunk with him before around my fire pit. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was maybe a guy from Fiverr. (laughs) <laughs> it's very similar. I think that's about how much he wants, actually. <laughs> I was supposed to have somebody else do do the voice uh, stuff for for this podcast, and uh, he just went MIA. I, I don't know what I, I don't know what happened. I, I'm worried about him. I, I don't know if it was like purposely done, uh, which I'm thinking it's not. Uh, you know, I didn't want to rush them. All these people have been like reaching out to me in the business and my friends and people that I haven't talked to in a million years wanting to help out, you know, after I got fired the other week, they're like, anything I can do, anything I can do. And I was like, well, there is actually something you could do. But, you know, when you ask somebody to help you out, then you're kind of, you know, you're, you're at, you're at their mercy. And I'm a guy that if I want something done, I want it done right away. And uh, they don't work like that, nor do they have to work like that. So, you know, I appreciate everybody reaching out. My name's Jason Bailey. This is episode one of the BS, which stands for The Bailey Show. And yes, it is and will, hopefully, knock on wood, be better than radio. Uh, at least so far, it's been, at least for me, better than radio. Thank you to those that are, are listening to this first episode, you know, because it's a subscription basis. Uh, and this is like really cool. You know, we do the Black Cloud podcast, uh, and we've been doing that for a long time on Wednesdays. You know, and, and it's going to be a lot shorter than than the BS podcast, but um, that's going to stay free. And Nate and I were always thinking about doing this, but me getting fired kind of sped up the process a little bit, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, so, now we got time. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh my God, let me tell you about time. Jesus Christ, dude, this, this, this first week. Okay. So, and I've mentioned this before in the black cloud podcast, like every other time that I've been fired in radio, which has not been many, uh, almost 30 years. I've only been on the beach as we call it, you know, out of work like six to eight months. And, and, and I, I, I freak, kind of freaked out cause I got bored. Like creatively, there was nothing for me to do. And so I would go stir crazy cause I'm just sitting back you know, waiting for, you know, my agent or a radio station. I'm like just waiting for corporate America to, to hug me. And, and, you know, and every time it's worked out and worked out for the better, you know, every single time. Um, but this one, like, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I don't want to talk to my agent. I don't want to talk to anybody that's hiring in radio. I'm having such a great time. I've worked more, Nate, this past week on trying to put it, I know you've worked your ass off too in Mexico between trips to the beach, dodging giant leopard cats in your front yard, uh, squirrel monkeys and tigers in the backyard, right? Those are all your animals, right? Right. Yeah. What was that? Right. By, by the way, side note, what was the, uh, what was the cat? That, what was the cat picture you showed me? Uh, it was some cat that, well, let me uh, give you your Mexico music. Let me find your Mexico okay. music. I got, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't talk about Mexico without 
There we go. All right, go ahead. Cat, Mexico cat. Yes, I was going on a run, and uh, I went by this. There's a, a wall for a, a neighborhood, and there's this cat. There's a lot there, of walls down I, there, from what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, a cat can get over it. Um, yeah, so I, I look over, and I see this cat, and I kind of did a double take, and I realize it, ha- it looks like a little tiny leopard, uh, some kind of jungle cat. And uh, yeah, but it has a collar on, so I'm not sure what it is, but it it was weird looking. Are you in the Mexico jungle? I thought you were in kind of a resort town, Playa del Carmen's uh, uh, resorty, right? Yeah, but I'm in the middle of the the Yucatan. It's yeah, the, the Mayan jungle. So yeah, I am. Huh. Well, yeah. Oh, well, actually, old man Kevin, our our voice guy for this for this podcast, he he asked me. He goes, "Where's Nate? Huh? Where's Nate?" I said, well, he's in Mexico. He's doing the show, friends. How does that work? How does she do that? He didn't understand. You know, so I brought him down to the Golden Scissors studio, and he hadn't seen it. Um, he hadn't seen it that after it had been done. And he, oh, my God, look at this place. How do you talk to Mexico, Nate? I was like, well, I just <laughs> pull him up on the old, old talkie box. And, uh, oh, well, okay, what do you need me to do? <laughs> just, I want to get paid for this eventually. <laughs> so. I'm sure he and he, he kind of just randomly comes over, which is fun. Um, and I told him I was like, you don't have to knock; you can just come in my house. You really can't. Like I enjoy your company. You can come over, and I'm I'm home like literally now. If I'm not at the gym, can't play tennis because my planner's foot. Plus, it's getting cold here in Georgia, so I'm like I'm I'm home a lot <laughs> lately. <laughs> so feel free to. And I've been drinking during the day, so you know if you want to. You know, come over and, and have a drink with me. That, that's that's uh, that's way cool. So anyway, so yeah, I've been working my ass off this week. I I haven't, I, you know, I've enjoyed myself. I haven't enjoyed myself, my life, so much th- than I have this past uh, week. It, it really, you know, says a lot uh, about just the stress of of a, a job. You know, I mean, some people probably like you, pussy, you fucking pussy. Just buckle it up. Get to work until you're 65 years old, and then you'll retire, and you'll get a gold watch like uh, the rest of us. Well, shit doesn't work like that anymore. And, you know, at 46, uh, I'm a Gen Xer, and my generation at my age, most of us, because I'm in the middle of the Gen X generation. Nate, you're on the, what, the older side of the millennials, right? Yeah, I'm a Zennial. I'm right in between the the Gen X and the Millennial. Okay, so actually, you and I share a lot of what I'm going through, what you already have went through and continue to go through in common. What I mean by that is, like, when you left radio and the show, you 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 were just fed up with it, and and you just said, "Fuck it, fuck you." Me and my wife are moving to Mexico. I'll figure this shit out. Um, you know, you guys live fairly simply. A lot more yeah. simple than I do. You know, I'm a little high maintenance. And so you, you got, you did it. And, and a lot of people are envious of you, including myself. I'm like, dude, I wish I could do that. But you get to the Gen Xers at, at my age where we're kind of in that midlife stage where we're comfortable where we're at. And we're just saying, if I can just get through the next 10 years, if I can just get through the next 15 years. It reminds me of that scene in Couples Retreat where um, Vince Vaughn and his wife are sitting in front of uh, the, the, uh, the the family therapist who's the guy that, uh, hilarious dude, I fucking always forget his name. He's got three names. You know what I'm Hank talking Azaria? about? Huh? 
Hank Azaria? No, no, no. It's not Hank Azaria. He's in the movie, but it's the guy. Um, <sighs> Let me look. Now, he uh, he's 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 one of the commentators in Pitch Perfect, one of the best trilogies of all time. And he's also uh, he's in a ton of movies. He's hilarious. He does that scene with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn where he goes around the table and they're singing a cappella. I forget what that three, movie. Three names. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had three names, like something, something, like Michael something John or something like that. Anyway, it's not the point. What he says is, um, he's like, you know, oh, John Michael Higgins. Thank you. Told you three fucking names. John Michael yeah, Higgins. He was was he was he in Best in Show? Yeah, that's the scene I'm talking about at the the dinner table where he starts singing the. Uh, if you fucking bring up the name of the song, I could sing it for you. But uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> like one of the greatest scenes ever in movie history. But dur- during the scene in Couples Retreat, he says to Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, he asks them something. They're like, yeah, we get through it. And he goes, ooh, you just get through it, huh? What kind of life is that? You're just getting through it, you know? That's all I've thought about this whole fucking week is, you know, just getting through it sucks. It really does. And I'm like, I'm going to do me. I'm going to give me a shot. I'm going to bet on me. I'm going to take what I've learned in the radio business slash entertainment business for, you know, whatever many years, 27 years or so, and I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do my own show the way I want to do it and talk to the people that I want to talk to. Like our guest that we got on today's show is fucking phenomenal, dude. Ex-military. Uh, he, uh, uh, he, I don't want to give it all away right now, but he's uh, missing a part of his body and it's not why you'd think he's missing the part of his body. And then there's like five other boxes that check off on this guy. So it's like just the stories that people have every day. People have phenomenal fucking stories. They don't have to be celebrities. Actually, celebrities are kind of dull a lot of times. Um, but this dude's got a great story. I just want to have those types of conversations. And I, and I just want to talk about, you know, shit that interests me in hopes that it interests people enough to subscribe to our podcast. You know, that's all I want. That's, that's not too much to ask, right? No, not at all. You should be able to. And that's why a lot of people are leaving their corporate jobs because they're tired of getting taken advantage of or not, you know, uh, or being taken for granted. And they say, I have the skills. I can go out on my own and do this. And with working remotely and the Internet and everything now, people can do that. I've got better equipment in my fucking studio than what I did for the past seven years. And this shit works all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time, or whatever that line is. <laughs> the great resignation is what they're calling what's going on now. The pandemic obviously sped that shit up. Um, but they've also called it the great reshuffle because of the younger workforces, like job transitions, with Gen Z up 80% year over year. And from millennials, they're up 50%. And it just kind of decreases as you go. Like boomers are stuck. You know, they're actually starting to retire now. They they should have, a lot of boomers should have already retired. But that fucking recession we had after the uh, housing crisis in the mid-2000s, that backed their plans up because their kids, Gen Xers, meh, uh, were out of a gig and out of a job. It didn't have... Uh, not me in particular, but a lot of people. So they went to live with mom and dad and suck off that tit. And so that pushed their retirement back, you know, and everybody's got to do what they got to do. I'm not taking shots at anybody, but that's like the progression of what's happened in the last 20 years in our country. 
And right now we're seeing this crazy um, shift of people. You know, I know a lot of people want to go, well, why isn't anybody working? Oh, that's right. Because they got a fucking check, you know, and, and then you, you can pick whatever president you want to pick for the check, right? Because the checks went out when Trump was in office. But if you're a Trump follower, you're not going to blame him. So you got to blame Biden because they both sent out checks, right? So it's, right. you know, it's just funny to hear people blame each other, but that's not the case. That's not what's happening. I mean, maybe for a small sect of people, that's what's happening. But what's happening right now, and this is, again, big with uh, the Gen Zs and the millennials and, and, a, and a good percentage of the Gen Xers, is people are sick and tired of corporate America. And, and I'm not saying corporate America is horrible by no stretch of the imagination. You know, they're just saying I need to change. A lot of people are, especially those that are trying to get into corporate America. They're getting hired for these kind of shit jobs that are beneath them after graduating from school, the mentality of working from the bottom up is, is out the door because the jobs are different. You know, I mean, you don't have to work your way. And I agree with the younger generation on this. You don't have to work your way from the bottom up when you know how to program an app and the guy that's 20 years, your senior doesn't right. Yeah. It's different. It's just about, it's, it's about production. And if you know how to do it, fucking do it. So these people like you, Nate, you're a web guy. You went to school for that. That's what you were originally supposed to be on the show for um, on the radio show. You can do that anywhere. Like in Mexico, you're designing websites for people in Mexico to make some coin. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what a lot of people do. Um, you know, they I, I think there was a girl at our company and she was the social media girl. And uh, I think she got let go, you know, because every company is a family until they don't need you. And then. Um, and she started doing makeup tutorials on TikTok, and now she has like 4 million followers. She's probably making a ton of money doing something she loves. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Oh, Mackenzie. Yeah, she was cool. Mm -hmm. I liked her. She was miserable. A lot of people over there are miserable, but, but it's a job, right? And, yeah. and, and, and it's a paycheck. And that's what a lot of people look at in their job is, and I know I did. I mean, I enjoy radio. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy radio. I love radio. Um, I love the microphone. I love being creative. That's the, that's the main thing. It's just to be creative, to have an outlet, to voice my opinions, to do fun stuff. And all week long, I've been down in the Golden Scissor Studio just producing different things, like planning what we're going to be doing on this podcast. And, and, and I can stop when I want. I can stay up as long as I want. I can go where I want. But then you go, okay, well, where's the money? You're not making the same money, Bailey, doing this podcast as you would in radio. Well, not right now I'm not, but I've got a lot of friends doing this that left radio and are making a lot of money. You know, I, I reached out to uh, Daniel Dennis. You know Daniel Dennis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TomandDan.com. They have mm -hmm. an extremely popular, very successful podcast. I've always been very envious and very proud of Daniel. When he left Real Radio um, for, you know, reasons, you just, you know, personality conflict. I don't even know the whole story. I just hear different bits and pieces, but it's not important. The thing is, is he was doing podcasting before podcasting was podcasting. And people thought he was crazy. And he wanted to do it while he was on the radio. And, you know, I think the company had a problem. I don't know. Again, I don't know the story. So he's like, well, go fuck yourself. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go and do our podcast. And people laughed at him. They're like, What? You're going to go on the internet and do a, 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 that doesn't make sense. He's like, yeah, watch me. That's, you, you go to Tom, like Tom and Dan's website. 
They've got pages of sponsors, of people that advertise with them. And they've got thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And I called him up the other day and I said, do you have any advice for me? And he's like, you're asking me for advice? I said, yeah, this is, this is your place. This is your house. And he goes, oh, you guys are going to be fine. He goes, I listened to uh, you know, some of your Black Cloud podcasts. He's like, they're great. He goes, you know, you got Nate in Mexico. That's way cool. Uh, he goes, you know, you guys are going to be fine. You got a fan base and uh, you just watch it grow, sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. And that's what I got to learn to do. And I'm going to do that. He did give me a piece of advice, which I'm going to pass on to you, Nate, is that he and I have the same problem. We get to, as he would call it, as I would call it, to radio. And in his case, I guess Tom stops him down when he's to radio. So I guess you're going to have to do that with me. Okay. Wh- whatever that may be. I don't know what that... I'm assuming I know, but I don't know if I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would guess, I mean, radio is, you know, somewhat structured where, you know, you have to hit, you know, commercial breaks and times and, uh, and sponsors and things like that. And, and podcasting, it can be whatever you want. You can have a, a five minute podcast. You can have a 20 minute podcast. It can be three hours. It, it really it doesn't matter. You can have no sponsors. You can have sponsors play music. It's just like, it's the wild west. It's like the beginning of the internet really. Yeah. So with this, this is a this is a work in progress. This is the first episode, and it's going to change. It's going to evolve. Um, it's, it's just that's what's going to be. It's going to be Monday and Fridays for right now. But if there's you know, if I want to do something in the middle of the week, I'm going to go fucking downstairs and do it, and I'm going to post it, um, and and I'll put it up there for for the subscribers. So we're going to take it to other platforms as well, right? We're going to go to, we're going to go to YouTube and Twitch uh, when we get all, all that set up. And, and I've got people reaching out to me for that. Uh, want to help us with that. Like Emil, you know, he does all that 360 work. Yeah. I was like, so, you know, he's the guy that shot the last ACDC video. He just texted me actually. He's like, Hey, we got to meet up this week. It's like, I got this awesome. You know, this is going to be great for you guys. I was like, well, how does Nate get in on it? So like, we'll figure it out. It's like, all right. So <laughs> but everybody wants to help. It's like the coolest thing ever. I, I've heard from I've heard from people that I haven't heard from in God knows how long. Like th- this past week, people have been reaching out. I, I've gone out to dinner and had drinks with more people in the last seven days than I have in the past seven years. And I think a lot of that too is some of the, the people that I'm friends with or kind of friends with. And they have my phone number. They want to know the story. You know, they want right. to know. They, <laughs> Give me the dirt. Yeah. The tea. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, you know, like no one else is reaching out to me and no one else has my phone number. So they'll call me and be like, dude, uh, I know it's been a minute. Uh, but man, what happened? Oh, man, it just didn't work out. You know, I got fired. Um, I think they're getting ready to go into a different direction, like completely different direction. And, uh, you know, the. No, what happened between, you know, you and <laughs> I, I don't want to go. These are the, I, I, I copied some of the questions that people have been asking me online that I have not answered. Um, these are like the questions that are, are coming up the most. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, it, getting fired is the best way to get followers on social media. My, my social media followers have jumped immensely. Like, holy shit. Like, why didn't you follow me when I was on the radio? Now you follow right. me because I'm fucking fired. What the fuck is that all about? That's the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> what did, did you not like me when I was on the are, are you following me because you're happy? You don't have to listen to me every morning. <laughs> Why follow me now and not then? Anyway, I appreciate it. 
Uh, but it's also a good way to find out who's with you and who's not. You know, I'm a big fan of you're either with me or you're against me. And uh, you can always tell when you get fired, especially from a radio job, who's with you and who's against you. You know, who reaches out and who doesn't reach out. That's a telltale sign. You got seven days to reach out. And if you don't, then I know where you stand. And so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hit list of people I'm going, well, I'm running to you again. You can go fuck yourself. If I do go back to trust your radio, no, nope, not interested, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, so here are the questions. All right. You ready? So, uh, are you going to miss the radio station? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, that's, it's just, it, it, it's not at all. No. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing is, is I, I need people to understand that I'm not mad and I'm not angry. I would have fired me too. And I said that on the, in the black cloud podcast, they want something that I can't offer. They want yes people. I mean, they're going around asking people to quit. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad they want people out. And that's a fact. They're going around, and I'm not going to name names, but they're going around asking people to quit. And they've got this new kind of dictatorship uh, mantra. And I know where it's coming from. It's if you're not happy to be here and you can't play by our rules, then get the fuck out. And, and I don't blame them. That's what you, I don't know if I would do it the way that they're doing it, but you got to want people that want to play by your rules. The problem is, is that they've got the wrong people in a lot of wrong spots. And I was having this conversation with, um, with uh, some people very close to me that care and that are worried about me. And they're worried about me because they're afraid I'm going to fuck up uh, a job in terrestrial radio because there are people that have reached out and are interested in hiring me. And I just don't know if I want the job. Uh, and that is, is a problem, right? For, for them, they think, you know, if I don't go and take the job now, whether it's in Atlanta or not, and, and one, something might be, and then there's a couple that are not, that's, you know, like the business would pass me by. Uh, and then they're like, you know, I guess, um, what the fuck's that dude's name? The, it, I'm not even, uh, the ho dude from the, the, the weekly reader, the, the AJC. Oh yeah. Uh, fedora guy. Yeah. So that this motherfucker, he, he's never liked me and I've never liked him. And, and so I didn't read his article, but I guess, you know, he does, he's, he, he writes about radio people, usually shitty stuff unless he loves you. So the guy that was before me at the station, he, uh, he was like the biggest mark for him because in high school he did like a report. That was like his first essay or something. And he fell in love with radio and this and this and that. So obviously I came after him. So he's going to hate me automatically. And, and, but I was at the sports station, the, the Shawshank place before, and he did an article when I got into town and I met him and there was something that I asked him not to put in there about um, my wife and her former husband who passed in, in the, um, in the military and, and he put it in there anyway. And I was like, you motherfucker. So like, I called him like, fuck, what the fuck are you doing? You posted what I told you. Not. Oh man, I'll take it. So I've never liked him. Right. And he was always very biased and, and, and I could see it a million miles away. So I'm like, you know, go fuck yourself. Go do what you got to do. Nobody reads your goddamn article anyway. And so, uh, and he tried to reach out to me to get to, to comment and stuff. And I, I, I didn't answer the phone. He asked me a question. I said, yes, no. 
it was time. I think those are my three answers. So people, you know, so the person I'm talking, one of these people I'm talking about that care and are worried, they're like, yeah, he did a pretty good hatchet job on you. I was like, I don't know. I haven't read it. Still haven't read it. Not going to read it because it's like 99 cents and really I don't want to spend 99 cents to read the fucking thing. And so he goes, yeah, he did a pretty bad hatchet job. If somebody in another market or another company sees that, they're going to think that you're difficult to work with. And I said, you know what? This isn't the first time I've been told that I'm difficult to work with. Trust me, it's not the first time. And when I came to Atlanta from Orlando, I had that baggage. I know I did. And I've made mistakes in my career. And I'm going to make more mistakes in my career and my life. I get it. But I'm not, I'm done trying to change who I am to please everyone. Because when I came to this last station, the first year I did that. And I sat in the corner and I pulled my hoodie over my head and I put my head between my legs, which is totally not my MO. And I just listened and I went with the flow. You know, I, I, I pretended to be the plug and play guy that they wanted originally. And that fucking show came in 22nd place. And the program director at the time calls screaming and yelling at me. And I said, shut the fuck up. This is your fault, not my fault. So when are people, you know, you've got to give me control of this show. Call me what you want, a control freak or whatever. I'm the only one that fucking works around here. So I get shit done. And so uh, so I said, you know, to, to the person that I'm talking to, I said, why is it that the talent is is always difficult to work with? And I know this sounds like, oh, you know, woe is me, point another finger, don't take ownership and this, this and that. But why is that? Why is it always the low guy on the totem pole is difficult to work with? Not the managers who are hired to manage. That's what they do. Definition, manage. You can fucking manage anybody. And in their defense, they don't have time to listen to people like me that have ideas and want to do things bigger and have complaints because people around me are incompetent. They don't, they don't have time for that because they've got 20 million things to do with deadlines that have nothing to do with being creative or getting ratings for a radio station. So in their defense, I get it. That's why they want yes people. That's why they want guzzlers. That's why. That's exactly why. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm over it. I'm, I'm just over it. Right now, I'm currently over it. Not saying that there's not people in corporate America and terrestrial radio that, that, that don't work like that. You know, and, then, and that was the other thing I said. I go, why is it that you and I, one of the most powerful guys in this business, have never had any issues? And any uh, misunderstandings or issues that we did have, we talked it out. It was very simple. It was very easy. I have utmost respect for you. You have the utmost respect for me. How is it that I've had uh, numerous program directors that I still keep in contact with and people in this business that I still keep in contact with? You know, how, why am I that hard to work with, but with those people, I weren't. So maybe it's the fucking managers, right? That are the ones that don't know how to manage. So I don't know. That was... The answer to that, I think that was the first question, right? That was the only question. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long answer. <laughs> it's going to be a six-hour podcast. Just hang tight. I know, I know. I, it's just, <laughs> it, it frustrates me because I, I see it happen, and I'm just so excited to be able to do this, you know, and I'm not giving up on this. This is going to be successful. I promise you, this is going to be fucking successful. So anyway, a couple other questions. Um, uh, do you miss the people you worked with? Uh, yeah, some of them I do. Uh, you scared of the future? No, no, I never fear the future. Does the trash talking bother you? Oh, I guess they trash talk me on the radio, you know, do the little radio shots. No, not at all. That comes with the game. That's what you do. You know, when you're on the radio, look, most radio people 
are pussies, right? They have a microphone and they think that they're tough and they're going to do things because that's what the group is doing. It's just what human nature does. And that room is filled with a few very insecure people that have no idea who they are and would never say those things to my face because they're pussies. And so, but it's the radio business. That's what you do because in your mind, you think it's entertaining. And, and for some people it is, you know, but it goes away, you know, like, I don't, I don't want this, like, I don't want to talk about the past really after this episode. I really don't. I just know a lot of people had questions and I'm not going on social media and answering them um, because I want to move forward. They probably won't, which will tell you a lot. If it gets out of hand, you know, I'm not a kind of play a game, go back and forth guy. I'll just release texts and emails that would bury and end careers. You know, one person in particular in that room would hate to see some of the text messages. So, you know, that's kind of how I work. I just go for the jugular and get it over and done with. I don't have time for that shit. Uh, you staying in Atlanta as of right now, I am. I have, I have no desire to go anywhere else right now. I love, I really do love Atlanta. I love my house. I love my neighbors. I love my friends. Uh, if I go anywhere, I'm moving in with Nate. And, uh, and it's going to be hard to bring all those party patios with, so you kind of have to stay there. Uh, yeah. Uh, where, where can I find you? Um, I don't know what that was like, like personally where you can find me. I don't know. I'm, I'm out more. I can tell you that. Where can you find this? Well, you already found it. We're on that. What anchor, uh, Spotify anchor, right? Yeah. 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 Anchor is uh Spotify's uh podcasting uh, hosting system. So yeah. Yeah. So we're on that. Yeah. And we'll be on, you know, we'll post all this stuff on our social medias, both mine and yours, right? You're going to post stuff too, right? Yeah. Yes. You, you didn't post shit for the black cloud podcast when we were doing it. I would always retweet it or well, yeah. it's hard. Cause like Instagram, you can't share. I mean, unless you use that read tool thing or whatever, but I don't like that. that watermark. Yeah. I don't either. So you got to get on the stories. You got to get on the Instagram stories and uh and tag me in it so i can just share those no shit yeah you're right gotta get on the stories i'll get on the stories <laughs> without a doubt i'm on the stories hold up wait a minute let's hear from our sponsors i'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Nubertese men's wellness leagues uh, practitioner diane spiva when she comes on the podcast i think it's great you know i've been going to Nubertese men's wellness league in sandy springs georgia for well over a year with testosterone maintenance but they do so much more than that with a weight loss program sexual health pain and joint management Nubertese men's wellness league is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only guys as you get older your body starts to break down there are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control just pop into Nubertese men's wellness league in sandy springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at it could possibly save your life that's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. The Bailey Show Podcast Guest Portal, brought to us by Country Financial. If you need anything insurance-related, 
Call Sean now, 678-519-9028. The camp agency at Country Financial, your one-stop shop to all your insurable needs. Merry Christmas, mother Hey, two percenters, it's Jason, and thanks so much for a great 2022. This was a, a fun project to start, and it's been a blast ever since uh, with me and the rest of the team. For those that subscribe, we appreciate the support. If you're not a subscriber, hopefully in 2023 you will. Nonetheless, podcastthebs.com, and you can get all the info for us and uh, spread the word. That's that's the holiday spirit, right? Spreading the word of the BS. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Did you ever notice that when Bailey and Nate get on a on a on a laughing tangent, they sound like Beavis and Butthead? Okay, all right, we got to hear the rest of the story. And back to you, Jason. You know, one of the big reasons why I guess I'm excited about this podcast, Nate, is uh, is we can talk to whoever the fuck we want to talk to. And it could be about anything, you know? It's like, we can talk to them for as long as we want to talk to them for. And, I mean, they could have stupid-ass stories that just you and I care about. And... Uh, and that's it. I mean, there's no rules to this, which is fantastic. And, and I've got phone capabilities in the Golden Scissors studio, which makes it even better. So the, uh, the, the first guests for this, uh, this launch of the BS is, uh, is, is one of our sponsors. He works for one of our new sponsors. It, it, trust me, it's not what you think. Wait, wait till you hear this dude's story. <laughs> it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, he works for Flying Monkey Firearms flyingmonkeyfirearms.com they're in south georgia his name is brandon hackney where, where exactly is flying monkey fire because i haven't been down there yet i was talking with joey and they want to get me down there to shoot some guns and blow some shit up but uh where exactly in south georgia is it brandon we're located at swanson drive in lawrenceville georgia can you send shit out like if somebody's listening to this because people from all over the world are listening right if they go to flyingmonkeyfirearms.com and say I want to buy uh, a, 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 a pew pew, you know, or they, yeah, actually you guys make shit, don't you? You make guns for people. Oh yeah. We make them, uh, customize them. You know, we do, we do everything, man. We do laser engraving, uh, Cerakote. It doesn't matter where you're at. Just hit us up. We can get it to you. So Nate, um, the, this is how this whole thing happened. So Chuck from distinct grace you know, he hears about what happened to me and he's like, dude, this is going to be great for you. And he's like, uh, I've got some friends I want you to meet. And, 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 and then you, I've, they've got stories that they're just nutty, fucking crazy stories. And by the way, this dude that we're talking to is going to blow your mind here in a second with some of this shit. So, uh, so he's talking about the original conversation, Brandon was with, with, with Jeff about the gun you're making in honor of the guy from Black Hawk Down. We are. Yeah. So the story behind that, right, is one of the uh, guys in the helicopter, if anybody's seen the movie, that was like, hey, we're going back to help our, our brothers. We know we're going to probably die because there's like 2,000 fucking Somalians, uh, but we're going out there anyway. And that this gun that you guys are making in is, is in his honor, right? That's pretty much the story. Yes, sir. Yeah. That is absolutely it. That's awesome. You guys are badass, man. Marine Corps, right? Yes. Uh, so Flying Monkey Firearms, we're all veteran-owned and operated. Every single one of us is 
Chuck's not Marines. He was Air Force, right? Do you guys beat him up? How does that work? Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we've got to have somebody that does pay for it for us. <laughs> Those fly boys. <laughs> well, to explain how you guys got the name Flying Monkeys. Uh, so Flying Monkeys actually came from our secondary job. Uh, and uh, we were out doing some warrants. And this individual who likes to partake in illegal substances, we'll say for lack of a better term, uh, we jumped out of the bushes at him and scared the living daylights out of him. And he goes, man, you know what? Let, let me call my, can I call my girl before I go to jail? You know, I don't, I got to talk to her before I go to jail. So yeah, man, we'll, we'll let you call her. So he's shaking and he's in handcuffs and he's smoking his cigarette and he calls his old lady. He goes, baby, ain't going to believe what happened. He goes, you getting locked up again, ain't you? Said, yeah. He said, but these boys. They don't jumped out of me like the flying monkeys. They don't came out in the bushes, scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about we came out these bushes so fast and so hard, he jumped like a lady, screamed, and then just fell to the floor. <laughs> and then uh, that that kind of that kind of stuck with us, the, the flying monkeys. Because he was a big dude, right? I mean, you guys needed a. You, oh yeah. You you guys aren't small. I've seen pictures and some videos of you crazy fucks. You know, tasing each other and shit. Chuck was like, uh, the other night we were playing poker, and he goes, "Hey, uh, do you want to go to an Atlanta United game? Um, you know, or, or you have to go to the Atlanta United game with these guys." And he shows me a video uh, of you guys just fucking tasing each other. I'm like, "No, I, I'm good. I'm you fine." Know, it, it's a it's a never dull moment with these guys. Uh, we booby <laughs> trap our guests and stuff, and you know, we got little firecrackers and stuff going off. It's definitely a an interesting group of guys nate would you like to guess uh i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now that brandon is missing a part of his body um and it has nothing to do with combat while he was in the service would you like you get one guess to figure out what body part brandon is missing i'm gonna say I mean, a lot of people lose their eye, have like an eye patch. So I'm, I'm going to say eye. Brandon, that is incorrect. Would you like incorrect. to would you like to tell Nate what body part you're missing? All right. So I'm actually missing my whole right butt cheek. His entire right butt cheek, Nate. He's missing. I've seen a video, a picture of Brandon's. He's missing his ass cheek. Like it's gone. It's not it all the way down to my knee. Yeah. Now the next, the we'll, we'll, We'll talk more about that in a second, but Nate, you get another guess to redeem yourself. Would you like to guess non-military related how Brandon lost his butt cheek? Uh, I would guess a dog, maybe. Dog. Yeah, they get bit in the butt by a dog. Good, good, Good guess. It is an animal. Brandon, how did you lose your right butt cheek? Uh, In a horrific beaver attack. <laughs> he got attacked by a beaver. All right, give me that story. All right, so here I am. Uh, I'm actually probably one of the smallest guys on the team. Five foot four, about 150 pounds before I had my butt cheek removed. Uh, here I am. I'm on my kayak, enjoying my day off fishing, and um, I keep hearing this, you know, slapping on the water. And if you're familiar with fishing, that usually means that you know bass are jumping up. And it's about in the evening time, so I can't really see too well. And I get over to what I thought was this area, this little cove, right? And next thing you know, a scene from the Titanic occurred. My kayak's getting freaking bombarded. 
it's starting to shake and I hear something come up on it. And by the time I kind of turn around, this beaver has has attached itself to my rib cage. It is biting and scratching and kicking. It's pissed off, right? Like I owe it money. And so it it flips me off the kayak. And now I'm in about waist deep water. And I'm just swinging. I can't see this beaver. I don't know where it went. And I feel this sharp, just fire-burning sensation as it had latched onto my ass and just went to town. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get up on the, on, the, on the bank there. And I get up on the bank, and I had to pull out my buck knife. And I had to kill this beaver with my bare hands to remove it from me. Did you kill the beaver or? Oh, yeah. So okay. if you come by the shop, we've got the beaver down there. Okay. Did, did, like, that's some bitch went with me. Did you name the beaver after you killed the beaver that just destroyed your ass cheek? You know what? I haven't named it, actually. Did you ever ask anybody, like, you know, I didn't know beavers attacked people. Why the fuck is this beaver attacking your ass cheek? Uh, apparently, if you get too close to its little dam or whatnot, they're aggressive. Like, there's, you know, uh, groups out there, rehabilitation groups like AA, uh, similar to AA, but for beaver attack victims. <laughs> so they're, Like, apparently, these things have, like, a death toll on people. Shut the fuck up. There's actually people that have died of a beaver. Nate, have you ever heard of somebody dying of a beaver attack? That's crazy. No, never. No. Yeah, so what? B-A-A? Beaver Attacks Anonymous? Is that what it is? (laughs) No, I think it's it's just a a, a beaver support group, BSA. Dude, can you imagine? (laughs) Like, how disappointed? All right, so Brandon, uh, you know, an American hero, serves our country. What did you serve, uh, I'm assuming, Iraq, Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah, you probably saw some serious shit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you go over there, you serve your country honorably, and we appreciate that, my friend. We really do. Thank you. And you you come back home, you meet up with the fellas that have also done the same damn thing, you know, put their lives on the line uh, for all, for everything the red, white, and blue stands for. And then you go out to do some fishing on your downtime because you need some R and R and a fucking beaver attacks you. Commie bastard beaver attacks you. Can you imagine if you would have died of a beaver attack versus all the shit that you saw in Afghanistan and Iraq? That's disappointing, huh? I mean, so it actually, I've been home for probably about a year or no, eight years. Uh, so I've been in law enforcement and I've seen all kinds of stuff in law enforcement, SWAT and all that. And yeah, no. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, my life's going to be taken by a 15 pound fucking rat. <laughs> but going through well, your... Not today, Satan. <laughs> that's, that's what I was just, <laughs> just going to say. It's like, you're thinking, you're going, not today, you son of a bitch. You ain't, you ain't messing. I've been through way too much. This shit ain't happening. So you, you get home, um, you serve, you, you do your, you do your tours, you come back. Um, do you have, do you have any PS, uh, PTSD? Yeah, it depends on who you have. No, no, um, no, I, I wouldn't say I do. Okay. Um, well, that's good. You know, I, I've got, yeah. I've got a lot of friends that have served. They've, they've come back and, you know, some have dealt with it better than others. It's a horrible, horrible thing. It's uh, it really is. There's there's no joke in there at all because the shit that you guys and, and girls over there that see and you come back stateside and um, you know and what sucks too is the VA. You know I guess it depends on which one you go to, but uh, some of the stories that I've heard not very helpful to to you guys. 
And yeah, so, I mean, if you if you hear from one that's helpful, let me know. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you, um, you know, some years ago, I used to do a lot of work with the uh, VA hospital in Tampa, and um, the you know this would have been the mid two thousands, and some of the stories that the really the significant others were were telling. There are these two women that met because their husbands were in you know for the most part comas, and they shared a room, and you know. This this is their lives now. You know, it, it changed. You know, some of these women just leave their husbands and these people, these guys just sit in, they sit in these fucking hospital beds. You know, they, they know what's going on, but they just can't move any of their, their, their muscles or, or, or anything. They're just, you can see yep. that they're thinking. And so these women, God bless them, they're there and they're telling me stories like, they could tell when there was some type of emotion, like they would take their clothes off and, you know, not together and get freaky, but for their husbands, they would kind of do like a little strip uh, tease for them. And you could just, right. they could just feel that they're inside of this shell, just waiting to come out. It's, it's, it's some of these stories are absolutely amazing, but then there was a lot of stories like, you know, this fucking hospital ain't doing shit for us and this sucks. So, um, you know, for those that suffer, uh, you know, I really feel. So you come back and you get directly what into law enforcement? I do. Uh, so I stayed in North Carolina. Uh, I went in with a sheriff's office up there and actually started in the jail. And when I tell you, I did about six months in the jail. And I was like, you know what? I've got to do something more. Uh, that that wasn't that wasn't cutting it for me. Guy jail or girl jail? Uh, it's a, it was it was a. Both, but I had to work in. You have to work in the mail pod. They don't want male deputies working with females. Yeah, the the, the uh, guy people can't keep it in their pants. Yeah, the, I was going to say the COs. They just fuck the the inmates, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a thing like all the time. And the chicks probably want it. I mean they're not raping them or anything, but it's like you're in jail. You're not getting any dick. So you got this dude, and I'm sure not every prisoner's ugly, and they just they just bang right all the time all the time well i mean you know it's you know scratch my back and scratch your back but yeah i don't know my yeah. six months of working in the jail i don't know who i, I don't know who they were looking at but I don't, eight years in law enforcement i don't think i've ever arrested anybody remotely attractive uh, i'm not banging that dude he's missing a half ass cheek it's just not happening yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sympathy sex for me <laughs> yeah i want a, I want full ass cheek if i want to do this right so so you serve you get out of the being a, a, a co a corrections officer and you go into what swat uh no i came back to georgia um got on with a police department a local police department here in georgia uh, I did about four years, and, and then I, you know, I said, you know what, I want to do something more than be a uh, patrol officer, and uh, that's when I went out for SWAT. So you have to do a uh, uh, a year on what's called like a perimeter unit. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're the water boy of the SWAT team. You know, go get me the sledgehammer, go get me the water, go stand in the yard, make sure nobody runs out. Gotcha. You know, you gotta you gotta earn your place. And then um, after you do about a year of that, and then you do the tryout and the test and the interviews and all that. And then you go to SWAT school, and then you're you're the entry guy. Would you do it all over again? Everything? Uh, in today's time in policing and politics, government, no. no. But in general, yes. Yeah, you you do it for the idea of why you signed up in the first place. What what is what do the politics have to do with it? Just because everybody's so divided, is that what you mean? Everybody's so divided. A lot of police department now are getting very political. Um, and to be honest, they're restricting a lot of what law enforcement can and can't do. Oh, tell um, me about, listen to this story, Brandon. So 
there was uh, a buddy of mine who was working, gets a phone call from his wife, and they, she's like, there's a bunch of cops in the backyard. And they were chasing this this dude, that uh, black guy, that had a warrant for his arrest. You know, they're running around trying to find him and stuff. And she's in the house by herself with a newborn baby. And he's like, well, look, if they're in our backyard, he's somewhere around, go get the gun and, and just have it in case, you know, you need it. So she goes and gets a gun. It's an automatic. And uh, which, of course, we all know if you've got somebody that's not familiar with a firearm in the house, have a revolver, right? It's just point and shoot. And so she's got this gun in her hand. The cops kind of disperse. And next thing she hears is a window break, I guess, in their basement or something. And so she's still on the phone with her husband. She goes and in the hallway meets this this bad guy, you know, for whatever he's wanted for, but he's dangerous. And she points the gun at him while she's holding her infant child. And she goes to pull the trigger, but the safety was on. He hits her, takes the gun out, and when he's getting ready to, he was going to shoot her. He was going to kill her. And um, and the, the cops bust in the door, like in the nick of time, right? It was like a movie. And they take him out. I don't think they killed him, but they they, they hit him in the shoulder. They, yeah, they, they yeah. whatever. So the back to your point is what I find out later is that this dude walked by a cop that was staking the area out. But because of the shit that you're talking about, he didn't want to do anything on his own. He needed people back up to see what he was doing. And when they reported the shooting, they reported it as a, I forget what the term was, like not non-lethal shoot, non-lethal shoot, like it was like beanbags or something. They did that so the news didn't fucking come out because all the news is going to do is come out and say, look at these cops using violence against a guy. He was trying to get a sandwich at this, you know, something, some crazy shit, you know, some guy that's assaulting a woman with a baby after he has warrants and commits burglary. Right. How, how do you know? He just wasn't there for a babysitting job. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, 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 I totally get that aspect of it. So then you, you get out of law enforcement, you quit, you get fired or what? No, I had, uh, quit because of that uh, that beaver attack. So I had ran out of FMLA, and I had to essentially like legit learn how to walk again. I've got skin grafts, had to have my you know all kinds of surgeries, and um, so I got out and I healed up. And in that time, that's how I came across Flying Monkey. And I said, you know what, you want to do some gunsmithing? I said, yeah. You know, I've always had an interest for how guns work. Um, and they said, oh, by the way, we do bounty hunting, so you still get to freaking kick in doors and take asses to jail. And I said, but I get paid more. So, you know, mama didn't raise a fool and here I am. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother story, Nate. Like, you know, this whole crew of the flying monkey guys, flying monkey firearms, they're all bounty hunters and they go out together. So we, we've got a, a, just a smorgasbord of dudes to talk to. And this is the shit that I wanted to do, Nate. This is the stuff. This is the kind of conversations that I want shit that I'm interested in. This guy, you know, ex-military, makes guns, gets attacked by a fucking beaver, loses half his ass, and then the kicker of all kickers is, in an ever in a million years would people know this or think this, probably right, that you're gay on top of all of it. Yeah, there's the kicker. There's yeah. the icing on the cake. I mean, like, this, does the story get any fucking better? Right, because you're thinking, oh, just tough guy. He's in the military. He gets attacked by beaver. Like, especially gay guy gets attacked by beaver. No, no, that doesn't make any sense. 
but you, you you've been you're gay you got a boyfriend and he loves your half ass yeah yeah, yeah. so when did when did you come out uh you talking in general uh so in general i probably came out probably when i was 19 20 Oh, okay. So you were in the military and they knew you were gay. You didn't have any problem. You didn't have a struggle like some people in the community. Well, actually, no, I was outed. So oh. uh, there was another guy in the military who was mad that uh, I wouldn't hook up with him. So he was like, fuck it, and he exposed me. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. And, uh, oh, what a dick. And I was like, well, you know, you can't back out of that. So um, I said, you know what? Anybody got a problem with it, we'll go, uh, go in the back parking lot. I'll We'll throw hands. Everybody was completely fine with it. No, that's no need. Let's go get dinner. That, that's the best when you got a gay guy that uh, is such a badass, and he's like, hey, does any, you know, you go ahead, come here, tough guy, say some shit, and watch me take you out in five seconds and make you look, and then rub my half-ass cheek on your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, the guys at the uh, the shop, and they're like, are you sharing your gang, or are you just like these? <laughs> they, they still don't believe it, but. How'd your parents take it? Your parents okay with it? Uh, yeah, they were actually real great with it. Um, you know, I didn't have the greatest relationship at the time with them, and they said, you know what, we want you to feel comfortable and be able to come to us, and so we don't give a shit. Yeah. Where'd you meet your boyfriend? He's also He also works at Flying Monkey Firearms, right? No, no, he's a, oh. he's a bartender. Oh, okay. Um, Where'd you meet him? Uh, uh, just through um, mutual friends and social media. Is he afraid of you? I'd be afraid of you if I were your boyfriend. I don't know if he's afraid. Yeah. I mean, he makes comments. He's like, I'll fight you, but I'm pretty sure you'll beat my ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't tried anything yet. He hasn't stepped up. So That was that was always my biggest fear if I, if I like, became gay or found out I was gay. Like, you know, you would think that if you got in an argument with your boyfriend, you could fight him because it's okay. Right? Obviously, you're not going to do that with a woman. And then to get your ass kicked. And then it depends on who you are. Like, there's always an alpha and a beta, right? There's, as people would say, a guy and a girl. Uh, I'm assuming you're the guy in the relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to put titles on it. Yeah. Well, let me ask. who's What side of the bed do you sleep on? Do you sleep closest to the door or farthest away from the door? Uh, I prefer to sleep farther from the door. Oh, you're the chick then? I don't think that's how it works. I look at it as more of a tactical standpoint. If somebody breaks in, I could sacrifice him. <laughs> gives me more time to get up and get my gun well see i'm thinking the same thing but i'm thinking that you're the first line of i'm thinking the opposite way you're the first line of defense hey look war's ugly okay i gotta get time to get up and get my desert eagle because that's my home defense gun <laughs> there's plenty oh, of, there's plenty other guys that like dudes with half-ass cheeks out there i don't need this guy <laughs> i sleep farther from the door too i want to i want to have a running start at him so i can Oh, monkey at him. maybe I'm wrong on this then. I thought it was always, you know, I always tell my wife, you know, I want to sleep uh, closest to the door. My wife's tougher than me. So she's like, no, I need to be closest to the door because I, I'm going to go. I'm going to whip that ass. You know, she's like, you know, you're going to do shit. She's like, I'm going to kick their ass. I was like, yes, <laughs> you're right, honey. I agree. You are better and tougher than I am. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> what What's uh what, what's one of the uh, best uh, bounty hunting stories that you have? A be- oh shit! Um, I don't know. So I got a few. All right, let's start off with a little short one. So Joe and I, uh, the boss man, we go out. We're gonna do what you call an air quote simple pickup. It's just the two of us, which is where we messed up. And uh, we go out to what we call Meth Village, and uh, we're talking to Joe's outside talking to this lady. She's tweaking out of her mind, and I'm like, "Where's the dude?" Because oh, she's like, "Well, he left." 
how did he leave? His car's in the driveway. Oh, he's not here. He's not here. So I go inside this house, and there's just stuff everywhere, like the scene of hoarders, right? There's just a trail maybe wide enough for two two people to walk through the whole entire house. So Joe's outside talking to her. I'm clearing the building, and I come around the corner, and the dude is standing in the corner eating a bowl of pasta like he's trying to hide. I'm like, you know I can see you, right? (laughs) And so I said, turn around or I'm going to shoot you. This is calm. Just as simple as that, not yelling, no hey, in effort, nothing like that, right? So I go to holster, and I guess that's when he decides he's going to throw his food at me, hits me with it. And I'm like, what the hell? He goes to run past me. Well, when he runs past me, I go to grab him. Got my gun was in my hand. Boom, pistol whipped him in the head. And so I'm like, oh, shit. Put my gun in my holster real quick, and I come running out. And all I'm yelling is, Joe, we're at the front door, we're at the front door. You know, my radio's getting knocked off. My flashlight's getting knocked off. We're hitting the cabinets. It sounds like a bull in a china shop coming through this house. And all you see on Joe's body camera when we reviewed it is he's talking to this girl. And she's like, what's that noise? And you just hear shit getting broke, right? Uh-huh. Dude, the dude and I stand up. And like I said, I'm five foot seven. This motherfucker is about six four. I'm like, why is it always the big dude? <laughs> and so he gets out on the porch, runs into Joe. Joe pushes him back. And I said, you know what? I'm not tired of this. So I jump on this dude's back like I'm a backpack. And I just start hitting him. I'm just punching him in the face, giving him the people's elbow. And Joe's yelling, I'm going to tase him. I'm going to tase him. I'm yelling, well, tase him. Tase him. <laughs> I'm getting tired. <laughs> he's a big dude. And he's just spinning in a circle with me on his back. Joe tases him. He goes down. He goes, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But um, there was just one. I mean, you should, you, you should really have a finishing move. You know, you're talking about the people's elbow and stuff like you're missing half an ass cheek and you're gay. So there's going to be a lot of homophobic people out there. Right. And you like you, oh, you, you got to have like a saying, you know, you just got your ass whooped by a dude with a half ass cheek and that's gay. You know, and then, some, well, you know, when people, you know, try and use the derogatory, you know, what I call the, the F word, you know, right. I'm like, you do realize I've killed people for less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've killed people because <laughs> they, they were looking at me from a hundred miles or a hundred yards away. <laughs> you know? Like you do realize my carry guns are 50 caliber desert Eagle. Like intimidate me. How can you carry a gun and guys like dog, the bounty hunter carry around this makeshift mace cannon? Uh, no, I carry a, so I don't carry the 50 for the, uh, the bounty hunting. I carry a, just a, a standard block. Yeah, but that's still a gun. Like, Dog the Bounty Hunter doesn't carry a gun. He carries a, a mace cannon. Like, they don't have any guns. Uh, well, uh, I think, I don't know. Don't quote me on it, but I think Dog has a record, so he can't carry a firearm. Oh. Oh, they, yeah. He was in he was in jail for murder or something, like in Mexico, I think. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why he, he became a bounty hunter. He was, like, in, uh, I think he was in some cartel or he was in some drug running thing. Really? Uh, but he works yeah. in Hawaii and in Colorado, so maybe it's some kind of state law where he can't do that. Oh, yeah. George is a little bit different. They're like, you can fucking drive around in a tank if you want. It's fine. You know. I mean, well, but that's the thing with working at the shop. We, we can run around because we've got the license and the paperwork for it. So if we really wanted to, we can ride around with full auto and suppress machine guns. Do you guys just go to what the, the judge and say, hey, you got any outstanding warrants? Is that how you get all of your, uh, your bounty hunting people? Uh, it, it, it comes from like the bonding agency. So that when you get bonded out from, 
from jail. You do a bunch of paperwork with the bonding company. The bonding company is pretty much saying, hey, we're going to be responsible for you. So as long as you make your payments, as long as you go to court, as long as you don't leave the state, similar to like a probation, mm. you got to meet these rules and requirements, you can stay out. The moment that you do not do any of that, the bonding company wants that money back, right? Think of it as like a loan. Um, so what they, what the bonding company does, they go and get a warrant. The bonding company gives it to us. They say, hey, go repo his ass when we want our money back. Oh. That's, uh, that's what happens. And you, you, do you pick and choose? I'm, I'm th- like, in my head, I'm thinking you guys are on some bounty hunting newsletter, you know, and there's like a bunch of pictures. You're know, like, hey, let's do this guy. Let's do this chick. You know, 4000 5000 on average, what, like four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 for each of these these fucks? Uh, I'd say about 1200 and up. A lot of it is misdemeanors. Every now and then we get the good ones, and you're like, why the hell is he out on bond anyways? But really the way we get the files is it just comes down to how good you are how, at, at finding these people and how well you make a name for yourself. And unfortunately for you know most of uh, the area that we work in, we do it really well, so we get a lot of files. Have you ever, have you ever had to go after somebody you know? That I've known personally? No, not yet. Yeah, that's going to be like, Dad, what the fuck? I had no idea. You know? You gotta go get them five thousand dollars for your dad or your boyfriend. You find out your boyfriend <laughs> is fucking wanted for drug I, I, trafficking. Ain't ain't personal. <laughs> like, don't worry, the five thousand dollars is going to a good place. I'll see you when you bail out. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, Nate, you got any questions before I let Brandon go? Uh, yeah. Did you get disability or like workers' comp or anything for the Beaver incident? I got workers' comp um, while I was on FMLA. Um, once that ran out, no, all ties were cut. That's a great question. What, what were you doing when you when you got attacked by the beat? You're a cop, right? Yep. Yeah, but so you weren't on the job, so he wouldn't get workers' comp. Nope. No. Yeah. So you just had a fucking weird incident. Uh, what are the rules on that? <laughs> uh, essentially, you get the um, like your benefits. Since I was in the hospital for so long, you still get like half your paycheck. Hmm. You know what you should do? You, you should go after PETA. You should say, hey, PETA, motherfuckers, I got attacked by one of your animals that we're supposed to love. Well, I'm thinking about starting like a beaver assault team and we just go out murking beavers. <laughs> you scared the shit out of me, dude. If I ever, you know, not that I go fishing often or in my down by a creek, but, you know, I got a cabin up in Mineral Bluff and I see all these dudes fly fishing with these big rubber outfits. And I know there's beavers up in those creeks. I'm waiting. To, I'm just going to sit there and watch and wait for one of these beavers to attack one of these fucks in the middle of the stream and just video it. That's going to be badass. They're, they're, those things are like the American version of the African hippo, man. They drag you in the water and kill you. A beaver can drag you in the water? It's that strong? I mean, at least for me it is. It got me off that kayak. That's true. Yeah. Do they hit you with their tail? Because they have the big flapper tail, right? Yeah, their tail, man. It's like a cheese grater. Just shaved my whole ass off. That's Nate. Out of all the animals that you could get attacked by, beaver would probably not be in your top three, right? It's and plus, it's not. If Brandon weren't so much of a badass with an amazing fucking resume, you know, I'd be like, dude, that's. I wouldn't tell anybody that story. It's such a pussy animal to get attacked by, right? I don't know though. It has it has those big teeth, and I'm just looking. I didn't realize beavers could get so big. They can weigh up to seventy pounds. So that's like a pretty big dog. So that's I can the, see how I could tear, tag you in there. Yeah, they got claws there. and teeth. I mean, it ain't no joke. <laughs> Who knew? It ain't no joke. I'm telling you. That's awesome. I can't wait to come down there because I want to get a picture. Did, did you say you named the beaver that attacked you and ripped half your ass off? 
No, we haven't named it yet. Oh, well. Nobody's asked me that yet, so maybe I'll work on a name. Yeah, well, now that you, you know, you are, okay, as I, me and Nate and, and jump into this whole new world of, uh, the, the not, not the new world of podcasting, but we launched the, the BS and we bring that back to life in this new show. You are our first guest. And, and the reason why I wanted to do this, not just because I'm extremely appreciative of Flying Monkey Firearms and, and supporting this, this, this venture, right? I don't want to go back to corporate America anytime soon, if ever. I want this shit to work. And I want to talk to people that I'm interested in talking to that have great fucking stories. And I want to hear it, you know, like how it's supposed to be told without any restrictions or restraints. And I definitely don't want to be interrupted by somebody asking stupid fucking questions. This is this is what it's all about, you know, Brandon. I mean, you are the epitome, Nate, of what we're trying to accomplish. Brandon Hackney is what we are trying to accomplish, correct? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Brandon the Beaver Hunter, come on. I mean, that's that's <laughs> well, the next uh, big show on A&E. I don't know if Brandon's the Beaver Hunter. I think Brandon's the Beaver Huntette. Well, now he has a reason to hunt. <laughs> we well, start like a scary movie Netflix series, man. Dude, you should yeah, you should pitch that like you know instead of going out bounty hunting, you know tweakers and strippers and pimps and thugs, you should uh, go out fucking killing beavers. And if anybody's got a problem with it, just show them your ass cheek and be like, these fuckers are dangerous. We need to get rid of them. We make them go extinct. You know, and we're, we're working on right now. We got word through the pipeline that there's a neighborhood that legit has a beaver problem. And I was like, I called dibs. <laughs> If anybody's got a beaver problem, call Brandon uh, with fire, Flying Monkey Firearms. All right, give my best to the fellas. I'll be down there soon. Shoot some guns with you guys. I can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough for uh, supporting this project. Great story, and uh, I want to finish with this. Thank you for your service, my friend. You're a great dude. I love that everything that there is to love about you. You know, you're just a great guy. You served our country. Uh, you, 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 you take ownership of being gay, which I think is very important for anybody in the community that questions what other people are going to think. Who the fuck cares what other people think you do, you, you be you, and then let everybody else adjust to you, right? That's how it should work. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, you come on down to the shop. I'll give you some more stories. Oh, well, you're coming back on. Trust me. This is not the first oh, time yeah. this Brandon Hackney will be. I, I have a feeling like as we get more subscribers to this to this show, people are going to say you need to get Brandon back on and they're going to start giving you a nickname like Beaver Ass or, you know, something like that. Um, and they're like, dude, you got to have Beaver Ass on. And then, Nate, our most popular shows, the most downloaded shows will be from Beaver Ass Brandon and people are going to love him. He's going to be the, like our bestest guest ever. I agree. You know? All right. Flyingmonkeyfirearms.com. Thanks for your time, brother man. All right. Appreciate it. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer. For the past 20 years, that's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, they provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. 
That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online, cuttingright.com, C-U-T-T-I-N-R-I-G-H-T.com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal. Who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed. 877-828-8846. That's 877-8-CUTTIN. CUTTINRIGHT.COM. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Merry Christmas, Two Percenters. Thanks for a great year, and we appreciate you following the BS Podcast. You know, Lawrenceville isn't that far from me. I really need to head over to Flying Monkey Firearms and meet Brandon Hackney and ask him about this beaver and see if he'll show it to me. And back to you, Jason. How crazy was that fucking dude? Jesus. American hero. Yeah, American hero with no ass cheek. <laughs> I got to send you a picture of it. I got to get it from Chuck. It's uh, I'm trying to think of what it looks like. So I'm kind of scared because he said it goes all the way down to his knee. Yeah, it uh, it's like flappy. It's like a trampoline. It's like the top of a tramp. That's exactly what it is. It's like the top of a trampoline. It, it the skin is floppy. In where where he had the attack, and then his body part is hard, so you hit it and it wiggles. Oh, weird! Isn't that fucking crazy? Not weird, but that's crazy. Yeah, oh. that's that's like I mean, he, he what do you say? He had a couple surgeries for it, right? He had to go in. Yeah, I didn't ask. You know what? I should have asked him. I should have asked him. I was like, you tear. I, I'm not a big surgery guy. I've only had. <sighs> I had my tonsils taken out. I remember that. I was like four. Um, Miss Karen, huh? Wisdom teeth. Have you had those? Yeah. Wisdom teeth. That was the second thing. Those are the only, that's not really surgery, but they kind of put you under. Yeah. Well, anytime they put you under, sure. That's that to me is surgery, you know? So I had my, I had my tonsils taken out when I was four 
And when I woke up, Miss Karen, my uh, my mom had this very fat friend. She was very sweet, very nice. Uh, and this would have been like late 70s, like 79. So she's late 70s fat, you know, wearing a lot of browns and oranges. <laughs> and I remember her coming into the, the hospital room and giving me this wire monkey. And the tail had a wire in it so you could hook it on things. I still have that fucking monkey today. It's actually in my bedroom. His tail is on the handle of my dehumidifier in my bedroom. <laughs> still to this day. What does it do? Is it like a... Is it functional or is it just a toy? It's a stuffed animal. It's like just a little small uh, monkey with a wire fucking tail, you know, and he's still in good shape. You know, I've had him for 42 years, you know, that damn thing. And then the the wisdom teeth I had with my, uh, with a, I was, a girl I lived with at the time wasn't my wife now. I mean, this was years ago. And I was so worried I was going to say something, you know, because they wake you up and you're drugged up. And I was like afraid that I was going to like, ah, I don't want to can't wait to fuck you again well that's not my name oh shit (laughs) (laughs) and then i got that but i got the colonoscopy this week um so i was i was able you know when i got fired the other week i told you the first question i asked was when's my insurance run out (laughs) you go at the end of the month i'm like well that's that doesn't work for me you know can you guys fire me at another time (laughs) because i've already got this colonoscopy planned i'm terrified I'm terrified of prostate. I'm terrified of, you know, colon, uh, colon cancer. I've had all these friends around me either die of colon cancer recently, too young to go, or something's wrong with their prostate. I think I had a friend die of prostate cancer. Uh, what's the dudes uh, that just died of the prostate cancer? Um, the, the Gunther from Friends. Oh, yeah. Died at 59 uh, Sunday morning, you know, and he'd been sick for years and he kept it private. But 59 years old is way too fucking early to die of prostate cancer. And this is shit that nobody gets checked out. And like, I don't think, here's the problem. I don't think a lot of people know how to get it checked out. That's, I think, the biggest issue. Do you know how to check it? No idea. No I idea? You, usually the people that do, yeah, it's too late by the time you, you know something's wrong. That, that's the problem. That's why people die of this is that it's too late. And, you know, they say, you know, for col- colon cancer, you don't start until... You know, you're getting the thumb up your ass until you're 50. Have you ever had Have you ever had a doctor put their finger in your asshole? No, just oh. jiggle my balls. Okay. Well, this is well, huh? It's a good question. What's more awkward, a male doctor juggling your nuts? Have you ever gotten a hard on when he did it? No, it was my biggest fear because I had it with two different doctors and they were both my friend's parents. One was a man and one was a woman. Like, what, what's worse, your, uh, your friend's mom giving you a boner or their dad? I asked for H the other night. I said, uh, I go, do, do, I don't know what it looks like because I've never seen it, but do I shave my asshole? You know, or do like, I don't think I have a hairy ass at all. I don't actually. I'm sure there's hair on it. You know, I never look at it. Um, I think I wash it. I mean, I know I wash my asshole, but I don't think I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time back there. Right. You know, guys, has hair. right. Guys, you know, we let the water drip from our, our heads and hit our feet. You know, we get the important parts, but ass yeah, cheeks. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. So I said to her, I go, do you know, do, do I do that? And she goes, well, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to want me to do that. And I said, well, yeah, she goes, I'm really surprised we're having this conversation because you know, I'm very weird about this stuff. And I said, I understand that, but I don't want to go in there and and have this huge, you know, asshole fro, um, you know, looking like uh, <laughs> the millennial fa- falcon going into that monster's mouth. <laughs> I 
like potato chips stuck in there, like, like a, uh, acidic Jews fucking sides or whatever. And she goes, I said, you know, that's love. Would you, would you shave my asshole if I asked you to? And she goes, she used the line from one of our favorite movies. This is 40. She goes, can we just keep an ounce of mystery in a relationship? <laughs> I said, I was there for your, uh, I was there for your hysterectomy. <laughs> she yeah, goes, but, give me the old fryer tuck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she goes, don't worry about it. You know, you're going to be knocked out. And that's my biggest fear is like going in there and they knock me out and like, I never wake up. But I guess I'd never know if I died, right? You know, they're fucking knocking me out anyway. I don't think people yeah. die for a colonoscopy, though, right? I I mean, I haven't heard of it, but people die a weird thing sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm like, I don't. I don't even want to Google it. I'm, yeah. I'm terrified to you know, Google. It. Anybody die didn't of colonoscopy? Didn't Kanye's mom die of something kind of simplistic? Wasn't it like a liposuction? Yeah, or plastic like surgery. Yeah. Yeah. She went in. Yeah, you're right. Well, I, I think the the people die when they get put under because it, it's a heart issue. And, you know, like for dogs, you know, they, they as dogs get older, you can't take them in to get their teeth cleaned anymore because they want to put them under. And because yeah. they're so old, they I'm assuming it's the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's like a fucking idiot right now, but I'm assuming it's the exact same thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what I think. So I got to go in on Thursday, and then I go to the heart doctor on Friday. So, uh, you know, I, I show it's kind of sucks leading up to it. You know, again, I've never done this before. And, and the only reason I'm doing it is because of all my friends that recently, and I say all my friends, like five or six, that's a lot. And they're way too young. And one in particular scared the hell out of me. I, I just feel so bad for her family because they're such great people. And she was such a fantastic person, such a fantastic person. And she was 52 and died. And I don't know the whole ins and outs. I just know she died of colon cancer and it crushed me, crushed me. You know, so I went to the doctor. I'm like, you know, check me out. You know, prostate, give me a prostate check. And that was okay. Cool. Got that back. They did my blood test. And then they were like, uh, give me, um, uh, colon cancer. And she was like, well, you're too young to have my thumb in your asshole. So order this colo guard thing where you got to take it in the bathroom with you and you got to do your stuff and then you label it and you send it. It's fucking weird. It's disgusting. <laughs> it sounds like laundry detergent. Hey, honey, we're out of some colo guard. Can you grab some of the store? <laughs> Can't believe we're getting stains on the couch again. Don't we have some more colo guard? <laughs> have you ever even heard of that? No, never. Well, there was a Saturday Night Live skit recently that I, I heard of it on there. It was called something else, but I didn't even know it was a thing until recently. They did it on Colo Guard. I don't know if it was called Colo Guard, but it was uh, it was something along those lines. Same idea. Well, you get a box sent from this lab, and in the box, all of your stuff is in a like medical grade Ziploc bag that's attached to the box. Like it's the strongest fucking Ziploc bag you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, no, you're not putting this, your stuff in the bag. It, they, it comes with a canister. It's actually a very nicely, neatly packaged bag uh, or box. So it comes with a canister. It comes with some solution. It comes with a scraper. It comes with labels and it comes with a test tube and it comes with uh, a toilet seat. So you put it between the toilet uh, and the toilet seat. So you put the canister in it. It holds the canister and you have to sit on top of that. And yeah, 
It's it sounds like one of those prank. I don't know if you had this. I had this prank thing when I was a kid, and you filled up this little ball with water, and it had a little kind of hose that came out of it, and you put it under the toilet seat. So when your parents sat down on it, the uh, the water squirt up their butthole. It's called a bidet, dumbass. No, 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 it's it's like a prank thing. It was like oh. you got it at like a joke store. It was a, it's a little tiny thing. Oh no, I thought you meant like so, a bit. We we had when when I was young, we were rich. You know, one of the runs uh, for stepdads, we had a, a a fucking bidet. Have you ever have you ever used a bidet? Yeah, well, I haven't used it, but I've seen it. Oh, but uh, dude, it's yeah, it, it's weird as shit, man. I mean, you it's guys had one. Yeah, like there was a toy. Like it, it wasn't the, the as seen on TV once now where you just rig it. <laughs> it's like it connects to your hose and then it goes to your front door and then it goes, I don't know, these like makeshift bidets that they have. It's like the poor man's bidet. We had a fucking toilet, that, you know, an actual toilet that was just a bidet. You had to know that that was a bidet and not use it as a toilet. And it was next to, and this was only in the master. So this was only my mother and my, it was my second stepdad. And, and there was a toilet and then there was a bidet. And I don't know if they ever used it or not, but when they would leave, I would go and play with it. It just because I'd never seen it before and I didn't understand it. It's like the three seashells and demolition man, like still don't know yeah. what the fuck that means. So I'd go in there and I just, I remember the first time I looked at it and I, you see this little like sprinkler head in the bottom. That's it. And, and then it's got a toilet and just kind of a runoff and you turn it on and the water starts shooting up like a fountain, you turn it a little higher and it starts shooting. I mean, you can use it as a water fountain. You can use it as a lot of things. I was like, I asked my mom, I was like, what the fuck is this? Why do you have a water fountain in your bathroom? She's, she's like, it's a bidet. It cleans your, your butt. And I go, well, isn't that what toilet paper is for? She's like, yeah, but this is what. So then I was like, well, what do you do? At? Like, you can't just shoot water up there and think that it's going to be clean. You have to use a like a scrub brush or something or a washcloth or you know whatever. I, I never understood yeah, the bidet. If you ever hose something off the driveway, it doesn't get it all off. You gotta you gotta scrape it or broom <laughs> it off. You know, there there has to be a little bit more involved there. So the the thing, you know, after I got done doing all the stuff, and I don't want to get into detail because uh, I don't like stuff like that. I'm surprised we're even bringing this up, but I am getting a colonoscopy, and you know, there's a good chance that this whole project that Nate and I are are presenting to you folks, uh, this might be the last one that we do, the first and last one. <laughs> it could all go wrong <laughs> on Thursday morning, and I could die. And uh, that would be the end of me. But uh, like, uh, you know, I'd send it back and then get the results and it says it's positive. And this was like, a couple, I think it was like a week or two before I got fired. And I remember a lot of people reaching out, actually more women reached out because we talked about it on the show and, and they were like, there's a lot of false positives because, which again goes into the medical scam of they make you go do this in order to get paid from here, but you're not paying for it. Like the Cola Guard, I didn't pay for it. Insurance paid for it. The colonoscopy, I'm assuming I'm not paying for. I should probably call my insurance company while I have it and ask them. And, you know, so they send you in to get the colonoscopy. I mean, it can't hurt, right? And I'll have a nice little nap. Um, it'll be an experience. Never done it. But, oh, I've done, you know, also I've done an endoscopy. That's three, three surgeries. Done an endos- huh? What's that? What's that? Uh, an endoscopy is instead of going up your asshole, they go in your mouth and it's for acid reflux. That's when I, I went to the hospital because I started having heart problems and I had really bad acid reflux because I was so stressed out when I was doing radio in Tampa because I was looking for the next big bit and just trying to win. And we were just getting destroyed in the ratings. Just so much pressure. And I, I'd never been under that much pressure in my life. And I started getting this really bad acid reflux that I would wake up every night in the middle of the night with this really thick phlegm. And it was horrible. And my chest felt like it was on fire. 
It felt like just somebody was having a KKK party in my chest, just lighting crosses. It was like every single night. And then I, I remember calling my wife at the time and I said, I got to go to the hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. She's like, you're 30 some years old. You're not having a fucking heart attack. Like she didn't believe me at all. Takes me to the hospital and then they gave, told me I needed an endoscopy. So I went in and got it just to check to make sure I don't have like throat cancer or anything like that. I guess that's what it does. You know, that's when I start getting on the Nexium. You know, ever since then I've been taking that. So I don't know. The older you get, the more shit you got to deal with, right? Yeah. I hope they wash those tubes in between those two procedures. Yeah, I hope they're not reusable. What do you do in Mexico? Like, if you get, uh, I mean, are there docking boxes? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I haven't really. I mean, there's there's a lot around. There's a lot, there's like a pharmacy on every corner because, you know, like I was saying before, they, <laughs> they sell Z packs and everything over the counter. Um, That's but cool. I was just talking. I I just found a dentist. Uh, my friend's dentist. She's sending me to. Him. I was like, how much is like a cleaning? She's like, I don't know, like thirty bucks. And it's like without insurance. Yeah, thirty dollars to get your teeth cleaned without insurance. That's crazy. Yeah, and my wife got one before we left, and I think it was like four hundred dollars or something. Two, three, four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I got I got a tooth filled on my last visit, and it was they sent me a bill like, yeah, your insurance picked up eight dollars and eighty nine cents, and you haven't hit your deductible. You owe us one hundred and sixty one dollars and seventy eight cents. <laughs> your insurance covered a month of Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, the, the insurance at that company just blow. I think all of them are like that, though. They're just fucking horrible. I'm going to do this Cobra just because I'm terrified something's going to come up, and it's really not that bad. It's like a couple hundred bucks a month, and you know, I'm just going to have my wife pay for it. I told her the other day, I said, you know, you're, she's doing so well. She said she's getting ready to sell a $1.6 million house, and then she's got like five others around the same price range that she's getting ready to blow out. I'm like, there's no reason for me to pay for anything right now. Like you should be no. totally like feeling sorry for me. You should be buying my dip. You should be buying my my subscriptions to things. You should, you should buy my gas. And I think she's trying going to get a little little stingy, a little tight with the money. I have to talk to her about this. Oh, dang, yeah, it's I'm fucked sure, up, Mama. Yeah, no doubt. That's why I said I go look. You know, I've been doing pretty good the last couple of years. It's time for you to take care of me for a minute until you know whatever it is that Nate and I are. I you know what I feel like we're doing with this. And I know that's not the case. I know this is going to work. It's going to be fun. Definitely going to be fun because we, we've already had that talk. If it's not fun, we're stopping this. Uh, we're not going to get stressed out. We're going to have fun and we're going to put out fun fucking content and people are going to dig it, hopefully, and, and away we go, right? And we'll maybe make a living off it. But that's not, that's not going to stress us out at all. But I feel like we're pre-internet. We're like the guy that would go out on a date and she'd go, what do you do for a living? And we'd like, I'm an entrepreneur. I was like, yeah. you know what I mean? But not really. You really don't have a job. You're, you're a hustler. That's what I feel like. Yeah. But you know what that is? That's a Gen X mentality because we were programmed like that from the baby boomers. You know, if you are a millennial, we we're talking about this in the, the, the first part of the, the show today is uh, if, if you're a millennial or a zillennial or whatever the hell you are, or, um, What's the other one? Millennials. Um, what are the Gen other? Z. Gen Z. Y. Yeah, whatever. The, anything younger than me. Not having a job is 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 the thing, right? I mean, you're doing something fucking else, and it's understood and it's accepted, and and like people are rooting for you. Gr me growing up in my 20s and 30s, you didn't have a fucking job. You were a loser. That's what you were. You were a fucking loser. I could be making tons of money on the side. It wasn't legit unless you worked for the man. 
That was the mentality. Right. Yeah. Nine to five, steady income. Yeah. That was the deal. You know, we should probably talk about newsy stuff on the, the like, there's some, that's another thing that I want to do. Like, I, I got my opinions on stuff, but, you know, what did you say to me the other day? Um, you go, I don't even, you don't even follow the news. You, you left radio and you, you, you like stopped following the news. Like, you know nothing about what's going on in the world, do you? No, I have no idea. I just heard uh, Captain Kirk went to space. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I have no, I unfollowed everything. I was just tired of watching the, the hate and the comments and stuff. And, doesn't really affect me anymore, but um, yeah, I'm a little bit behind. Does that? How did? What did? What did it do for you? Did it? Did it work? Oh yeah, it's great. No, well, the only thing now is I just see all my friends argue online instead of uh, <laughs> random strangers on the news sites. <laughs> you just don't know what they're arguing about. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what? <laughs> we landed on the moon. <laughs> do you know about the Gabby Petito stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I do know about that. Okay, do you know that they 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 think they found his body? I saw that, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's been cr- confirmed or not. I no, Dog the Bounty Hunter looking for him. Yeah, Dog the Bounty. He's he's did not do a very good job. But the the uh, they found they don't they haven't. I haven't heard that they've confirmed it was his body. But I've I I read that the family's going to skip a funeral and cremate the remains. But no one's confirmed. The whole thing has been fucking weird. Like the whole case has been weird. Yeah, he, I don't think he was until like the couple days before they found him. And by the way, they only found him when the parents went out back out to go look for him and, and, and they found his belongings. Um, but I, I, I mean, I saw something that the dental records fit, but I've also seen stories that say they're not sure that it, like the whole thing is really fucking weird. And you know, we don't even know the story of what happened. I hope it's not his body. Like, I really hope the dude is still alive because I want to know what happened to Gabby, right? That's what everybody wants to know what happened to this poor girl. Yeah. You know, like he, you know, I'm, I'm guessing if he's dead, he killed himself or, I mean, where they found him in Northport, Florida, down by Venice, you know, he was in that, uh, that, uh, environmental park. You know, so there's gators and all kinds of shit. But I mean, you know, we, we've been there, done that. You you can survive out there. Like from an outsider, you're looking at it going, no way, dude, there's alligators and they'll get you. You can survive if you know what you're doing. Right. And you pay attention. Yeah. And it seemed like they were uh, hikers and, and travelers. So he probably could if he wanted to. Absolutely. Absolutely. He totally could. But, you know, like what if what if this dude never killed her? What if something happened and it was an accident and he just never thought I don't believe this, but, but no, neither does anybody else. But let's just say, you know, the whole world thinks this guy killed her and she dies, right? But he didn't kill her. Something happened. It was a freak accident. And he just didn't think that anybody was going to believe him. So he runs. I think a lot of us would do that, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and then it gets to a point where he's like, there's no coming back now. I'm fucked. And there's no doubt that the parents knew. I have no doubt that the parents knew where he was and was somehow staying in contact with him or, or at least knew where he was, right? They, they knew, mm-hmm. they know that somebody knows the story. They've got to know the story. There's just no way that he's just going to disappear without telling somebody the story. Because I don't think he's a yeah. killer, like a mass murderer. I mean, he's, he might be a killer, but like a serial killer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like the Casey Anthony thing. You know, regardless of what happened, the parents had to have known something. That's what he should have, somebody should have told him. They should have said, 
you know, look at Casey Anthony. She was able to have a life <laughs> and she, <Yeah. laughs> she, she was acquitted, but everybody still thinks she killed her daughter. Uh, it, but that girl's still out there. She goes into that bar over, you know, on the right coast of Florida and, uh, you know, and guys still want to fuck her, you know, because she is hot. And, yeah. and, and even, if, even if she did kill her daughter, you know, it's crazy. So there is life after being a killer, as long as you've got good attorneys, that's it. Uh, but that's crazy. Like you don't keep up with any of this stuff. Like I'm glued to a lot of this. I really am. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Well, when you're, you're kind of just trying to live your life and figure things out and learn different things just in your, your own environment, all the, a lot of that stuff is just kind of inconsequential. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me directly. Um, it's interesting. Like when I do read about things, I'm like, Oh, huh, I didn't know about that. But, uh, but yeah, it doesn't really affect my life anymore. Well, I noticed just this week, and I knew this would happen. Obviously, I'm not doing as much prep as I was before because, you know, before I was doing all of the prep, uh, like I, I distance myself. Like, you know, I don't go to the normal websites that I go to as often as I'd go to. You know what I mean? I, f- I find myself, yeah. like I went, went out uh, over the weekend. I played poker. I didn't get to bed till 2.30 in the fucking morning. I can't tell you the last time I went to bed at 2.30 in the morning. That's crazy. I hung out with some great dudes and had a good time, even though it was small ball poker. But it was a good time, right? I'm going, why didn't I do this before? You know, and, and it's because I was always stressed and tight and, and, and worried. I, I don't know what worried. So I don't know. Anyway, I just like, yeah, this. It, it makes you realize what you sometimes you miss out on, you know, there's certain things that, uh, just that everyday life conversations with strangers and having good times. And you, you know, you realize you miss out on that sometimes if you get too wrapped up in things. Well, I promise you, I'm not going to have one of those come to Jesus moments just cause I, I, I don't have a corporate America job. I do have a job. I got plenty of shit to do. And, and you know, it's, that I'm not worried about. I remember the last, I remember the time, not the last time, but the time I got blown out in Tampa, it was like, you know, I, I, I traveled around talking to people. I said, let's just patch things up, man. I just had this moment in my life. And what the fuck? No, I, I don't have that. I'm not going to have that. 46 years old. This is the way I am. Um, you like it? That's great. You adjust to me. Just like I was telling Brandon, you know, he's gay, you know, got a problem with him being gay. Dude, whip your ass if you say something to his face. You know, have people adjust to you if you're in that community and you haven't come out of the closet because you're worried that people are going to, you know, make fun of you or say something. You know what I mean? So have people adjust to you. You should not adjust to them. All right. um, We're going to end this. It's over and done. I have no idea how long it is. Don't care either. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope that for those that listened, we'll tell a friend. I really do. Nate and I have a lot of things planned upcoming, like things that we want to do, like merch, some of this and some of that, and you guys can be a part of it, and it's going to be pretty neat. Um, So thanks for all the support. Nate, you've got any parting words for anybody? Uh, Beware of beavers. Yeah, beware of beavers, absolutely. (laughs) You definitely have got to beware of beavers. All right, uh, again, thank you so much. And uh, Mondays and Fridays, the BS, the Bailey Show, better than radio. You get it on demand and bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin and the BS is done for right now. Please subscribe, share, and support jasonbailey.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.